0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: One of the most important aspects of horror to me is the slow descent. That subtle darkening of the edges of reality as things slip from mundane into the unimaginable, with that same slow, inexorable motion of the sun slipping behind the hills. It's in that twilight space that our dreams live, not in the darkness itself but in the promise of it, that gray area before things turn really black. The best sort of horror is the kind you don't realize you're listening to until it's too late, because the story's over and you're a little sick for some reason. That reminds me of when I was six and the neighbor girl would cajole me into playing the balloon game. I can't remember her name, but it was May when all this happened and so May we shall call her. May was older than me by four years, not quite ten as I was just a touch more than six. Girls get big at that age and May was large, not fat or just tall, but a large girl. Her body occupied space the way most children that age don't. People noticed her and somehow that made them pay attention to her less, as though the mere act of noticing an odd large child made them uncomfortable. She had red hair and a smattering of almost black freckles on her nose. Everything else about her was shades of pink, from the hot pink jeans with the patchy knees she always seemed to wear to the light pinkness of her flesh. Her eyes were green, which happened to be her least favorite color, something she rarely mentioned but never hesitated to make note of in her actions. I was tiny then, one of those knee-high children that always seemed to bang into things. Bandages held me together at the knees and forehead and elbows. It was shortly after I crashed my bike, swerving to miss a rock and twisting my tire up in a gap between the sidewalk and the Belcher family's lawn, that May found me and suggested I play the balloon game with her. It was May, like I said, and the kids who didn't play baseball would set up for kickball in the middle of the street. We lived in an old neighborhood, full of retirees and short on children, so we made do with the scant handful of company we could all scrounge up. May would usually watch these games from the sideline her green eyes following the ball's inevitable course down the big hill toward the creek. I had knocked one of my many bandages loose and was trying and failing to get it back on my leg for all the sweat. May sat down on the curb beside me and passed her eyes over me in a way I still think of sometimes. Then she slipped the band-aid out of my fingers, balled it up with her thumb and forefinger and pitched it into the nearby storm drain. I found my hand in hers and then I was being led away. None of the other kids seemed to notice. As we walked, she told me she had the perfect thing to help my leg get better. It was a game a friend of hers, a fifth grader of all people, had taught her. All the big kids played it, but they played it in secret. We sat Indian-style in her backyard. The lawn was bigger than my parents' and so well-cut and groomed the grass seemed too perfect for walking on. The heat from her leg warmed mine, which I thought of as being uncomfortable. Then she pulled a green balloon out of her pink shorts and held it up between us. This is how you play the game she'd said. You have to blow out all the air in your lungs and hold your breath while I blow up the balloon. When I'm finished, I'll pass you the balloon and you breathe in the air. But you can't take a breath before I'm finished or you lose. Are you ready? I said I was, not wanting to shy away from the challenge, and blew out all the air in my lungs. She blew up the balloon in turn, and in those moments the only noise in all the world was the raspy sound of air filling rubber and a commuter jet heading toward Charleston. My face felt hot, and I was dying for a breath of air when she finally passed me the balloon. I sucked in a full breath and held it. She looked at me and nodded, her face impassive. She took back the balloon, emptied it, and started inflating it again. I watched with growing concern at how long she was taking. It took longer and longer until the fourth time, when I sucked in the rancid, rubbery air from the balloon and felt it go straight to my head. I lost focus and fell back on the perfect backyard grass, my arms out to my sides. Green flashed in the air over my eyes as the rapidly deflating balloon buzzed over us. Then May was over top me, her red hair falling down over my face. I felt pins and needles stabbing me all over my face and neck. My chest seized with a painful need for air and fear that it might not get it. Dimly, I was aware of something slimy on my lips and teeth. May's tongue, I realized, trying to push my head up to sea and not being able to. I could taste her, peppermint and something neutral the tastelessness of her tongue as it broke the barrier of my teeth and entered my mouth. Then she was gone, and spots like exploding fireworks filled my eyes. My senses returned and I pushed myself up, not really aware of the tears on my face. May stood a few yards away, staring at me blankly as she pushed the green balloon into her shorts and then walked back out to the kickball game. It was only then that I realized that she never told me how I could win the balloon game That's stamps.com. Code program. I saw her more after that, as almost constantly. All the children in the neighborhood went to St. Pete's up at the top of the street. Back then, the public schools were for blacks and children with broken homes, and we avoided the public school kids like the plague for all the stories I heard about them. But I would see May in the halls, and she would stare at me blankly, not even letting on that she knew me. But in those eyes I saw something like an old hill cat from the stories. In those green eyes I saw a keeper of secrets. A keeper of my secrets. May could take things from people, my young mind knew. And she wouldn't have to give them back. Weeks passed, and weeks are like years to children. May orbited me like the moon, passing before my eyes in phases. Sometimes there, a full moon. Sometimes hidden, a shape in the periphery of my vision. A crescent moon. Sometimes only the idea of her was there, like a hole in space, and like a new moon I would feel her in that void. We were at church when she pulled it out of her pocket, the green balloon, wriggling it down by her thigh like something obscene. She would slip it in and out like a flash, a dot of green against the pink of her existence. That first time she did it as she was coming back from communion, finding me in the pews in an instant and pulling the green balloon out of space like a magician. I felt my face go red, and hoped beyond hope my mother wouldn't notice, wouldn't ask what the girl was doing. There wasn't even kickball when she came up to me next. I was riding my bike in figure eights and she told me to stop, just like that. Stop. It was time to play the balloon game and she was sick of waiting for me. I don't know why I stopped. I could have breezed right by her on that bike and driven to the stars before she caught me, but I stepped down off my neat little Schwinn and set it down on the lawn. I told her I didn't want to play, back there in her parents' perfect stretch of grass. She pushed me down on the ground and sat on my stomach, glaring at me now, her teeth cracking as she ground them. She slapped me and I felt tears going down my cheeks. Then she grabbed my nose and twisted it, leaning in and saying that you don't get to pick when you play the balloon game. Whoever's got the balloon does. Those are the rules, is what she said. She told me to breathe out and I did and this time she held her hand on my chest as she blew up the balloon. Green expanded in front of my face, became its own hateful satellite, blocking out the sun and all the rest of the world. She pushed it into my mouth and I breathed in the acrid rubber and the tinge of peppermint from her tongue. On the third time I just let go, pretending to fall out of existence the way I had the first time as much as actually doing so. The prickly numbness covered my face and neck and I could feel May's tongue and teeth mashing down into my own. Then I bit down. She screamed, but not too loudly, and fell backward on the grass. For the first time since I'd known her, she had a real, honest expression on her face. She was crying and looked scared. Blood trailed over her chin and splattered in little droplets into the lap of her pink shorts. The taste of her, blood and peppermint lingered in my mouth and i spat a spray of scarlet onto her parents perfect grass she said she didn't know somebody could stop playing the balloon game and crawled across the grass to me holding her palms up and trying to wrap her arms around my thighs i jumped back then ran out of the yard and back home i heard her yelling after me begging me to come back and saying sorry 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 The moon of May no longer floated in the corners of my vision at school and church, and one day soon after there were police cars and bright lights across the street in the middle of the night. My mom and dad were worried and asked me a bunch of times if I'd ever played at May's house, if I'd ever been inside. I thought May had called the cops on me for biting her, and so I said no. I saw May for the last time a few days later. She was standing outside her parents' house with a nervous, sad-looking old woman. They had suitcases, and May was wearing a simple brown skirt like the ones we had to wear to school. She gave me that blank look and then tugged on the old woman's pants. They talked, and the woman took May's suitcase and May started walking toward me. I ran inside my house and locked the door, then ran into my room and locked that door too. I could hear knocking at the front door, an urgent rapping so unlike the banging I thought I'd hear that I almost went out to see if it even was May. Then I heard her, saying something through the door, talking to me i couldn't make out what she was saying from back in my bedroom though i could tell she was all but yelling it and that she sounded upset probably about the lip it was maybe 15 minutes before i gathered up the courage to walk to the front door and see if she'd gone she had her and the old woman and the suitcases and the smart little gray station wagon were all gone all that was left of may and her family was the silent house and the surprisingly overgrown yard I stepped outside to make doubly sure, and that's when I found it. The green balloon sat in the very center of the top stair leading up to the porch. It seemed so innocuous, but even now I remember how hard it was just to lean down and pick that flappy piece of rubber up off the concrete. It lay in my hand like an ugly fake leaf, still smelling slightly of peppermint. It still smells like peppermint. I never saw May again, but I kept the green balloon. I keep it like we keep all secret things In my heart as much as anywhere else It's dry-rotted now Fragile as glass And I could crush it to dust if I wanted to I could crush it, but I don't I sit with it sometimes and I cry And I hide it before my husband comes home And it still smells like peppermint The best kind of horror, I believe Is the horror you don't see coming the kind that creeps up on you and leaves you a little off balance when it goes. We'll be back sometime later this summer with one final mini-sode before starting the season again in November. Keep up to date by following us on Twitter at WSFairyTales, at WestsideFairyTales on Facebook and Instagram, and don't forget to review us on iTunes if you haven't already. And don't forget, stay safe out there.
1: And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to Quince.com/slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Something's not quite right in the quiet mountain town of Targrady, West Virginia. Months after a local teen was lynched in the dead of a hot summer night, two men stand charged with murder in what the majority opinion considers to be an open and shut case. But Adelaide Stevenson, a young crime reporter from Charleston, is finding out the smallest cracks in the official narrative run far, far deeper than she could have ever expected. Join Adelaide and West by God as she navigates small-town secrets, the dubious ethics of her own profession, and the dark whispers of an ancient creature, known to some as the Witcham Woman who prowls the shadowed hollers that lie between night and nightmare. Sent on overnight assignment to cover the start of the trial, Adelaide quickly realizes the story she's been told, and been telling, doesn't make sense. Cryptic assertions of a concrete alibi are emailed to her by the family of the accused. Nobody in town seems comfortable discussing the basic facts of the case, and the murder she's been writing about wasn't the only tragic death this summer. Adelaide extends her stay against the wishes of her editor, and her investigations take a complicated and dangerous turn as she discovers the true depths of the mysteries surrounding Targrady. The only real evidence from the night of the murder may lie in the hands of a notorious local crime family led by an enigmatic woman known as the Fetid Queen. Local authorities seem to grow more hostile by the hour, and even Adelaide's own career might not survive this assignment. Featuring an eclectic cast of characters ranging from violent and horrifying to outlandish and fabulous... West by God is a must-read novel for anybody who enjoys Twin Peaks, Stephen King, and all the creepy places you find just off the path in the woods. It is the debut novel of Tyler Bell, a USMC infantry combat veteran, former crime and courts reporter for the Charleston Daily Mail, and creator of the award-winning Westside Fairy Tales horror and dark fiction podcast. Due for release by Henlo Press in October of 2023. Learn more at westsidefairytales.com slash westbygod.